0: So, Brian, from your experience, what are some of the biggest um, mistakes or false beliefs that you've seen struggling uh, franchises make? Um. Okay, so so for
1: starters, the 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 thought that the lender is kind of the enemy. Um, you know, the, the lender is on your side. Actually, like they're going to make sure that. Everything makes sense. The cash flow projections look right. Um, you can qualify to do it. You have enough working capital to do it. We're, we always add extra working capital in because businesses don't go out of business if they're um, if they've got too much cash. Right? It's only when there's no cash left. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things. Um, also, you know, not wanting to do business plans or projections or whatever, and, and feeling like that's intrusive. The truth of the matter is, if my son came to me and said, Dad, I want to start a business, I'd make him do a business plan because it forces you to, to look at your competitors, do do a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, run your numbers, and make sure that if it, if it even makes sense to do, it's possible that you could start a business that never has any chance of, of making money um, based on where you're at or whatever. And, and so, you know, maybe a competitor down the street. So... Do that that business plan. It's just a a great way of making sure that what you're doing is smart. And the lender is also going to make sure. If the lender's approving you, the chances are that you have a you're you're probably going to succeed. You know, um, because that's a lot of smart people looking at the deal and saying, "Hey, you can do this." You know. So.
0: Yeah, I've told clients. I said, "Listen, you know, um, probably the most unfun part is going through and doing that whole business plan and everything." But I said it's necessary because. Th- you know, the bank, they want to know that you understand this business and you have a plan to succeed because they want their money back. You know, that's right. <laughs> and if they don't think you're going to succeed, you're too risky. So um, even if it doesn't seem like something that uh, you want to do, I said, it's good to do it. Just like going through the FTD. you should read it several times. Um, you need to know what's in there and you, you need to have your business plan and having someone else write it for you. Um, you know, some people, I'm sure they, they do that, but then you really, if, if that's what you do, you really have to read it. But you, you need to write it and you need to own it and understand it. Cause that's also your plan to not just to execute on, but your plan to how are you going to make this work? So I think sure. that the lender is, is in it. Um, and I tell people when you look at franchise, you have, if, if you're working with a, a consultant or broker, they're evaluating you, you know, to see if it makes sense. Um, then the franchise is evaluating you. And then your your lender is evaluating you, so yeah. you're having all these people evaluate to make sure that it looks like this is a good fit that you're going to be successful. No one can uh, guarantee anything, but at least people are putting in their time and effort to do that. That's right. That's right. Um, what do you? Because uh, you you tell me um great stories and you tell me horror stories. Um, what what do you see top performing brands? doing differently than struggling brands? So I think
1: two things to look for if you're, uh, you know, trying to figure out a franchise is, um, you know, one, how do they screen out, you know, applicants? Um, if it's a brand that just everybody who fogs a mirror, they try to get them to sign the upfront fee, then, then that's troubled. You know, down the road, but if they take the time to get to know you, they pre-screen you, they maybe check your credit, etc. They're really trying to determine if you're someone who can be successful with that brand. Like you were saying, they're analyzing you to make sure you're going to work because the good brands don't want a bunch of people failing. They want everybody to be successful. You know, um, and then and then look for a strong support team. You're gonna you're gonna be um, looking at different properties and all these things. And you want them to have a good back of the house where they've got their people in place. And it doesn't have to be a giant brand. It can be a small brand just started by people who know what they're doing. And they've got the support system in, in place so that, so that they're there to help you because, um, you know, there are some locations in a town that are better for a particular brand than other locations. And, and they should know from their experience, which ones those are and, and that they should be able to help you with that. So so there's lots of things all down the, the line that if they've got a good support staff behind them, I think that's going to really uh, improve your chance of success as well. Because a good franchise takes some of the, a lot of the risk out of a business startup away, really, because, because they've got proven systems. You just want to make sure that they can help you and they're not too overburdened with whatever they're doing so that they can make sure you're successful too.
0: Right. Yeah, because you told me about people that were growing so fast, but the franchisees were struggling, but they were still loading people in. Yeah. um, You know, there's got to be some red flags. What would you say to the franchisors as um, some, you know, hey, I'm a franchisor, I'm getting started. You've seen big brands, you've seen small brands struggling, high-performing. What advice would you give to the franchise companies? Well
1: if it's brand new, they've got to get on the franchise registry, right. With the SBA. So they got to go to the SBA and and you can, you can go in there. Um, but, but I would say that uh, make sure that you are clear on the type of person you want to bring in to your company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we mentioned on a different video, me and you, that, that I helped firehouse subs grow across the way they, they had an interesting thing. They'd have a day of discovery and they'd fly the potential franchisees down and they'd, they'd spend a day at corporate and they'd meet the owners, etc. And the, the, the one thing they, they wanted in the back of their minds, they were looking, would we want to fish with this guy? It, believe it or not, they just wanted people that were kind of like them, kind of friendly, kind of whatever. They were clear on the type of person they wanted to recruit. And they, they did very well. You know, there are a thousand locations now or whatever. They've done really well. And I think Burger King just bought them or something. But, um, you know, so so make clear on who you want to recruit and then just make sure you, you support them. You, you make sure they're successful, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so what are a few challenges that commercial capital ran into when it was growing and how did you solve those?
1: Man, you know, the, the worst challenge we had was the 08 market crash. Um, whereas much of the world went into a recession, you know, the commercial mortgage-backed securities market shut down completely. So we lost 95% of our business in three days. You couldn't even get an SBA loan um, because the pricing was so bad that that the banks couldn't sell the paper. So, so once you had that crash, I mean, we had 700 branches across the country in 2007, 785. We were monstrous. And then we lost 95% of our business and. And uh, I I foolishly thought that it was just going to quickly turn around. It was just a blip. And um, a year later, after paying everybody's salaries, I hadn't, you know, I I drained all my resources. I had to, to just completely reorganized my business and and I made it loan officer centric so that it's basically me. When you call into commercial capital, you're going to get me. Um, and so it's, it's not um, a legacy thing. My son does work with me and I can bring in other family members, but it's not something where um, it's a legacy thing, but, but it's something where I know that I'm marketing. I know that I'm, I'm uh, doing the, the the business and and I know what I'm doing. And so um I, if if the market corrects again, I will gain market share because I am doing it better than everybody else, and that's kind of happened. Commercial volume has slowed down some, but I'm having my best quarter ever, and so I'm gaining market share as we speak.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was talking with you, you're like busy. Things are busy. Like very busy. It was it was hard to um, you know get time in for this call. So plus, yeah. Um, well, it seems like, you know, by keeping your sales ahead, your cost down, admin down, sales up, you really have a, a business that's always focusing on keeping fed and not uh, costing too much. And I think uh, other businesses can take that concept and, and use that, too, because that's, Absolutely. you know, otherwise you don't get uh, bogged down in all these expenses that are dragging you down. Right. Yep. So. Um, one other thing, what are, uh, some of the, mo- what's some of the most, uh, valuable business advice you've heard or discovered or, or ever shared? So, you know, I think,
1: I think one of the best things I ever heard was your inflow must exceed your outgo. Uh, even if it's by a dollar, if you bring in more money than you pay out in expenses, you've turned a profit, right? Where it gets deceptive is people, if you're growing your debts, then you're not turning a profit. So you might start the month with ten thousand in your bank and and pay all your bills and everything, and and then still have ten thousand at the end of the month. But if your your credit card balances grew by five thousand, you actually lost five thousand dollars that month. You didn't mm. turn a profit. You might feel wealthy because you still have ten thousand in your account, but you actually lost money. And if you do that for too long, um, then then you will be in a in a crisis situation. And so you can't allow that to happen more than a month or two and an occasional odd time when you you've got a lot of expenses, one particular month, that's one thing. But if every month your debt is growing, that's a huge, huge warning sign. Um, And uh, you know, that you're losing money. And I think the second one would be try to grow your sales constantly, but also keep your costs, look at your costs constantly. So, you want to be doing both, and and um, you know, adding revenue streams and new markets to 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 grow your sales, but but be looking at the costs that you have, and, and try to you know renegotiate different contracts if you have them, and and um, you know cut costs where you can. I I just um, reduced my costs in my processing division and, and increased my productivity, so I mean my profitability is going to go through the roof because I was. Growing sales and cutting costs, it's, it's um, doing both at the same time if you can. Don't just get all about sales and forget about your costs. And don't get all about cost cutting and forget about your sales. You got to do them both.
0: And, and I could see how having that uh, increase of debt could actually make you believe that, not even realize that you're actually going, you're getting pulled down because you're not seeing it. It's just a debt I, balance, but I your bank account it. looks good. I know from experience, that's what
1: happened to me in 08. I was a millionaire, um, uh, on paper, but I also had a million dollars worth of debt. I had three million dollars worth of assets, but I had a million dollars worth of debt. And when the market crashed, that three million of assets went down to 500,000. All of a sudden I'm upside down and I'm not, you know, and it, it took me years to pay all that off. I didn't file bankruptcy. It took me years to pay it off. And, and, um, you know, that, but, uh, but, but I thought, I was flowing because I had millions running through, you know, but, but actually today I'm way more profitable than I was back then. And I'm, I'm still only a third of the volume I was doing at my high in uh, seven as a company, but I'm three times more profitable than I was back then uh, with no, no debt really. So. And,
0: and you know, just from talking with you and listening to you, I can see how uh, that would be beneficial because when I talk with some people, you get a rep that works for a company and they're getting a salary, and so they're just like, oh, if I close it, if I don't, they they don't have this drive to make it happen. They're not hungry, and right. so they're just sitting there content, and they're just like, eh, you know. And, and um, you're focusing on making sure that deals close, and ah, and I, that I think is one of the big things that stands out about you.
1: I I the, the un you know insurance companies get residual right. I don't if. If I don't close the loans, I don't make any money. I don't feed my family, you know, my six kids. So, so I, um, I have to work and, and, um, and so I am very, very focused. I'm only going to take in loans that I feel I can close, but if I do take it in, I do intend to close it. And, um, and because otherwise I'm wasting my time and that's not fair to anyone that counts on my support, you know? So, um,
0: yeah, you gotta be on it, man. Last question mm-hmm. Brian, are there any trends or new technologies that you think people should keep their eyes on? <laughs> so you know i
1: I'm not a uh, tech guy um, so so but um, you need to be aware of what's happening in the marketplace um, and 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 d- pay attention to potential disruptions, you know. Um, we're speaking here on, on what Tuesday, last Friday, a big bank went under. So there was a lot of hubbub on the, on the, uh, you know, everything about banks are are they in trouble? And, and most banks are very healthy. So that's not a problem, but, but whenever there's disruptions, there's always opportunities. And so be aware of the opportunities that may be present. Don't be afraid of things to come there. There are a lot of warning signs in the economy and other things to make one, uh, out but there's always opportunities to make money. There is always going to be people eating out. There's always going to be people using things. So, so, you know, the Roman empire fell, right. But I could still go to Rome, Italy today, thousands of years later the, you know, Georgia's not going to disappear off the map. If the federal reserve keeps raising rates, you know, so, so there's always going to be business around. You just have to look for the opportunities, you know, and, and see where they are. I'm, I'm always looking, uh, you know, the Fed started raising rates last year. So now this year, it's very beneficial to refinance 7A loans into 504 loans. So now I'm doing a lot of refinances. Last year, I did no refinances. Now I'm doing more refinances because I'm saving these people 3 and 4%. So I'm just looking at the opportunities constantly that are, that are you know, and, and trying to take advantage of them with product that I have.
0: Right. And and business is really about solving problems. And so what you're saying is when these big problems come up, it's not that you should worry, it's that you should go, whoa, um, if I have the solution for this or a solution for what the problems that are coming because of this current situation, you know, I can really grow. You know, there's some yeah. companies that really grow back when we had, you know, COVID. I mean, there was companies that just went off the charts because they were in a we're good a position call. and they ran with it.
1: Zoom was one of them. We're on a Zoom call right now, right? Zoom just took off because of COVID lockdowns. So, you know, there's always an opportunity, you know. They made billion, I don't know, lots of money during that
0: time. So, absolutely. Well, thanks Brian. I appreciate it. Thank you, buddy.